12 notes and the octave repeats. My name is Matthew Kroll. Hey. No, don't. Hey. Don't just. Hey. Don't. Hey. What? I just want to take another look at you. Jesus. I've been doing that all week, Matt, and I swear it gets funnier every time. Am I right? Am I right? This is Shahir Dowd. There's your name. <laughs> and this is the only podcast about <laughs> movies. Uh, I love doing that to you. Specifically the film A Star Is Born. A Star Is Born? A Star Is Born. A Star Is Born? A Star uh, is, is Jason Bourne. Born. Yeah. That's where All we're right. going with yeah. this. Crossover uh, of the century, like 21 Jump Street and Man in Black. That never happened. Apparently it might be. It w- okay. It might be happening. What do you mean? The one with... with, uh, with Chris Hemsworth might feature some uh, 21 Jump Street people. No. I don't know. Who I'm just making, I'm just making this up. How are you, Shahir? I feel like I just saw you three seconds ago. Uh, yes, in a movie theater sitting next to me, uh, sniffling my little eyes out. Yeah. Well, were yeah. you sniffling on it? There, were, there was a lot of sniffling in the movies as we watched this. It's sure. I, um... Uh, you know, I don't want to get into it to, uh, a spoiler too much. I did not. Uh, not a spoiler. I just want to know if you're sniffling. I did not. Got a cold? I did not. No. I, I, I'm a I'm a movie crier, and I didn't cry here. Ooh, I feel like we're gonna talk. We're gonna talk about this yeah, yeah, yeah. On this podcast on that this, we talk about. Oh, that we talk specifically about one film that we name in the beginning and brutally quote. Shahir actually has that freaking quote with Bradley Cooper <laughs> telling Lady Gaga to turn around. So, so. Admit, admittedly, the first time I did it to oh, you this week. My God, it was the best. It was like so when when we're playing. <laughs> these episodes what happens is like you know we'll go back and forth about dates and blah 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 and i just locked in the times and we were having trouble finding the right screening we actually saw this a little bit earlier in the week which was nice but we thought we had one on tuesday we couldn't do it we're, they were recording this on a wednesday and then and then and. shahir normally when shahir says hey dot 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 it's like oh i can't do it or da, 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 da. and i was like gearing myself up i was like what and he just texted i just wanted to take another look at you and i was with jamie and I, gonna... I literally just started bursting out laughing for whatever reason the timing of the getting the text and everything was perfect and since then it has just plummeted uh, that's what i do I, I drive a joke down until into the ground until it is did and revives itself in China. Well, so here's the thing. Normally, you're supposed to beat the dead horse until the horse lives again, but I don't think this one no, will. No, no, this is this is a dead horse. There is only one way. Like this is a this is a pretty memed out uh, moment as well, right now, isn't it? I guess. I like even know. the first time it happened in this movie, I was like, <laughs> "Well, I knew it was coming." Yeah. Uh, there was a lot. So the, let's let's talk a little bit about sort of how how this film came onto our radars and the radars of the people. Okay. Um, this trailer. Uh, Movie Bob, friend of the show, Movie Bob, uh, actually quote I, I forget what his exact quote was but he's like ah the full length adaptation of the very successful short film the trailer to a star is born because the trailer is legitimately wonderful i'm not a huge like this genre doesn't often interest me what genre is uh, that? like just sort of like uh r- romantic drama ish okay. um yeah. and 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 to be fair from a content perspective, and I'm sure we'll get into this, this does fall into my particular favorite kind of bait to discuss. Oh, 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 um, oh yeah, oh, oh, uh, of the Oscar oh, variety. Oh, oh, oh. Um, so, so this isn't exactly my cup of tea. Mm. Um, but Maybe it turned out to be a delightly bergamot because uh, I I saw this trailer and I was like, this is. The trailer, you didn't watch the trailer, Shahir, right? No, I didn't, but uh, I was very aware of this movie. It's legitimately wonderful. Yeah. I, 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 like, I've pulled people aside to show them this trailer, and they're like, this isn't a Marvel movie? And I was like, yet, give it time. <laughs> it could roll in. I, I mean, 
I knew the song, and I, you know, I do that thing which we, which I did tonight, yep. which is annoying to everybody uh, who goes to the movies with me, which is that I don't watch the trailers. I put a, a set of headphones in, and and as I, you know, and I sort of glance down at my phone while the trailers are playing, and this is a trailer where I was like. I can tell by the rhythm of what I'm hearing behind my podcast that this is a pretty emotional trailer, and it's because of the song "The Shallows," um, and and uh, I knew that it was going to be a winner of a trailer, and and obviously as well, keeping in you know in track with the circles that we keep in touch with, this is a movie that has got a major Oscar play for it. Yep, um, it is uh, arguably probably the La La Land of this year, I think so far. It is early in the year for the Oscar movies, but um, this might be the first big play for the Oscars. I mean, there there's they're they're shooting all the targets and they're hitting pretty much most of them. Yeah. Um, so I would not be shocked at all uh, if this thing takes home a couple a couple uh, of those glittery uh, golden uh, dude bros. But one, two people who are not going to take home two of those glittery dude bros are us. But if you want to reach us and give us an award for being two glittery dude bros, non glittery dude bros. Well, no, we, I'm pretty. I mean, no, I'll, I'll put glitter on. I'm just saying, not, not in the same way an you know Oscar is a glittery dude. I'll bro. tape some eyebrows right on. Oh, the, uh, see, he's referencing the movie. He's referencing the movie. Hey. Anyway, hey. The, no, I'm hey. not doing it. Hey. <laughs> Hey, I just wanted to take another look at you. You're literally peeking. I just want. I'm pointing at the waveform right now, and you can thank you here. There's a thing you should do, which is in-house and outhouse, and and this is not one of those outhouse moments. You shouldn't let the audience know that I'm peeking when I'm peeking. They know. Not once we filtered it out. Um. So. Um. So. So. Anyway, I was very. I was un unlikingly of me psyched. Okay. For this movie, I was actually. I thought we could see it over the weekend. I was a little bit giddy that I got to see it over the weekend. Then I thought we had a screening Tuesday, and then that fell through, and then we had the screening tonight okay. on Wednesday. Um. She. Uh. So you knew it was. You knew it was a thing, or it was trying to I, be a thing. I was very aware. Uh. Just by again. Uh. You know. Uh. Seeing where the way this film was positioning itself around award season, um, seeing that also this is in the elk of the the writer director star kind of no kind of movie, and and this is you know like it reminds me of uh, um, I believe Emma Thompson was the first time I ever noted this, or maybe Ben Affleck and and Matt Damon as well. This notion of the the actor auteur kind of thing, sure. where they demonstrate that they're not just a pretty face as Bradley Cooper obviously is, uh, and not just a talented actor as he obviously is, uh, but a multifaceted actor, uh, a multi-talented person, and um, one that has great taste, as it turns out. Um, so this uh, was certainly. Uh, in the ether around the Bradley Cooper hype train. There's actually a really, really fun and odd and strange um, actor profile, uh, I believe it was in the New York Times this week, uh, of Bradley Cooper, who, um, for a film that is so um, ingrained within the personas of the people who made it, was unwilling to discuss um, the, you know, like how the film reflects his personal life. Uh, or how it reflects his personal feelings about about artistry and right. about stardom and about mu- you know the the talent sort of thing. So there's a fun fun little uh, article that's worth reading. But at any rate, uh, the fact that Bradley Cooper was kind of being pu- you know pushed. This is his d- directorial debut. Uh, the film is features a sort of a fairly heavy, um, as you say, dramedy kind of oh, no, it's no I didn't say drama yeah, yeah it's, it's a drama it's a straight drama uh, you know the kind that the the Oscar uh, voters seem to love uh, it seemed like it was kind of well positioned that way now the question for us 
is is that discussion warranted? Uh, because we have had films like this on on the podcast in the past. Sure. We have had many many uh, different takes on this. Um, well, this one this one falls into a couple different interesting categories to me. One, like you just sort of were talking about the sort of auteur director slash actor playing a character in the entertainment industry. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. and also has demons of a uh, substance variety. Mm-hmm. Um, I Bradley Cooper's done a couple projects like this, not directing. In fact, the last time I saw him play like this sort of level of a self-destructive character was in uh, the 2015 film Burnt. Yes, I remember Burnt. Uh, I didn't like Burnt. I thought Burnt was stupid, and uh, <laughs> I didn't think it had much of a, a, a point. Uh, okay. So so coming into this, again, hyped, 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 hyped. But I had, for whatever reason, Bradley Cooper's performance in Burnt, Burnt into my brain, no, and I, I was didn't. a little bit worried about it. Uh, I thought you were going to go with a triple Burnt there. I was a little bit burnt. I was a little bit burnt. No, no, I would have been burnt. Uh, yeah. But luckily, as we'll get into, I, I I did not feel the burn in this particular in this particular case. Okay. Um, but the other interesting thing about this, uh, which also kind of adds a little bit of like almost like a, an extra sort of kick of spiciness to the Oscar baitiness of it, is this is a film that's been re- that this is the fourth remake of this film. Third remake. Fourth. Fourth remake. There was one in 1937 with Janet Gaynor and Frederick March. That was, uh, and then 1954 with Judy Garland and James uh, Mason. Uh, those were both, when they were done, it wasn't actually musicians. It was about uh, actors and actresses. Okay. Uh, and then in 1976, the one people probably most remember is Chris Christopherson and Barbara Streisand, which they changed it to rock stars. I- I'll be perfectly honest with you. This is not a film that, like, I've heard the name. I knew it was a movie. Uh, like, I knew the Chris Christopherson version, uh, but I had never seen it. I've never I- seen them, no. It's uh, it's it's actually on Hulu or Netflix right now, and it's kind of I guess in the wake of A Star Is Born being pop, you know popping up right now, it popped up on my feed a couple oh. of times. Uh, so I was cur- I, I was tempted to try and watch it before I got to to see the film, but I didn't quite get around to it. I'm glad I didn't. I might go back and watch them um, because I. I guess I'll just sort of get into my my first thoughts about this sort of thing. Um, I, the the ride this film takes you on is a legitimate one. And it's and it's interesting because how do I put it? Uh, I didn't know the story. Okay. But I I, I didn't know the lyrics, but I knew the tune. If okay. that sort of uh, plays out, like nothing nothing that happened in this film actively surprised me or or made me like you know not that it's trying to mm-hmm. i mean again people know the story i just didn't know the story but it felt like it felt like a very sort of um a a, a well-worn tale cuz for instance even though this is only the fourth remake of this particular title a star is born mm-hmm. we've seen this story in various iterations multiple i mean this just feels like almost like a hollywood trope at this point What's the trope? Um, you, older star takes younger star under wing, romantic relationship, falling out of some kind, either reconciliation or destruction. Okay. It just seems like, I mean, it just seems, it's, the entire thing seems very familiar. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I guess there's something about playing the hits. I'm going to keep the music uh, analogies coming because I found this film, while never surprising me, uh, highly... Uh, emotionally compelling okay. and for not uh I, I was expecting to cry and i didn't mm-hmm. and I, I we can sort of get into i th- why i think that is later on but uh it uh it 
I, I really did enjoy it. I'm curious if it's going to be one of those sort of things where I like really enjoyed it the first time I saw it. And if I watch it again, I won't care. Like I'm wondering how much nuance there is or how much sort of like how much of the psychness and the passion and the music is really pushing it forward. Uh, not to not to uh, malign any of the performances, I think both Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga do a fantastic job. It's but th- to be honest, it actually they do like a great job with their characters, you know, yeehaw. But it's the supporting cast, I think, that kind of gives it, like again, makes the meal worthwhile. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, you got the two that or the three really, Sam Elliott, Dave Chappelle, and Anthony Ramos mm-hmm. uh, are sort of the. I wouldn't even say the unsung heroes. They're they're you know they're very uh, well sung. Yeah, um, <laughs> they ground the entire thing. They make you they make you want to root for the characters because they are in the characters' lives and they love them, and mm-hmm. so you can relate to it. It's a very it's a it's a really that's honestly on Bradley Cooper's directing as well. Uh, sort of using them as the as a, like an extra salve to to do that with. Music's great. We saw it in RPX theater, yeah. uh, which uh, I was. Uh, happy to spend a couple extra bucks to hear like real good sound. Mm-hmm. Um, if I had one criticism off the bat, uh, it would be the courtship in the first act. I don't want to get into too many spoilers. It's 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 cute and wonderful and whatnot. But again, you do have a little bit of 2018 sort of around. And and while Bradley Cooper's character uh, uh, Jackson Maine doesn't ever really do anything untoward. Uh, in fact, he's. It, it's weird that I was getting this vibe, even though he was doing everything right, flirting correctly, and being very kind, I feel like, for the most part. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had a little bit of a... I mean, because he was a rock star going into a, 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 a small-time bar and picking up a woman and then, like, taking her out, and it, it felt a little bit... Uh, for lack of a better term, like uncomfortably two percent predatory in a weird way. Is that on the film or is that? On I think us? that's on us. I think that's on me and the culture. And just we've been seeping in some bullshit this past <laughs> two years. Uh, but specifically, y- y'all know yeah. what we're talking about and dealing with this he, this sh- time. He shall know who who shall not be named. Yeah, uh, Voldemort. <laughs> uh, oh shit, I did it. Yeah. No, <laughs> the so so there was and and when I was feeling that it was a weird. It was a weird, uh, you know, it was a weird feeling for me. Uh, and actually, if anyone else got that vibe or if I'm just crazy or if I'm being too much of a, of a child of the times, email us in at onlymoviepodcast at gmail.com. Again, nothing in the film kind of did that, but just it was like a tonal thing. And maybe it was like a specific type of character on character interaction. Right. Um but yeah, what about you, Sheer? How how did you how did you walk out of the theater this evening? So again, this falls into that category of uh, musical dramas, you know, where music is a character in the film. Uh, we saw this. I think maybe the the thing that we've talked about most that was like this is La La Land. Mm. Um, one, I I found um, that first half of the film, which is the courtship and and the sort of the meeting of these two characters. Utterly delightful. Um, I was absolutely in love with the way this film kind of played these two characters, finding each other and and seeing the thing in the opposite character that that was compelling to mm-hmm. that person. Um, I think that was really delightful. And I think the thing that I really loved about that is the sense that um, Bradley Cooper had kind of faith to in his acting, in, in his acting, and in Lady Gaga's acting. In the in the sense that these two people are enough to put on screen without too much kind of. You know, without like making it a goofy meet cute, you know, like nothing felt like too OTT, nothing yeah. felt too over the top in terms of in terms of how they interacted, where they interacted, no, you know, sort of um 
crazy get together. It it does get crazy, but and there's a part uh, which is you know belies uh, belief at some points, but. But the career the, trajectory, yeah, the career trajectory of one character, uh, it, it, it does get into a point where you're like, wow, I wish life, I wish real life was like this. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I found it utterly delightful. And the thing is, is that you're somehow this movie constantly, whether consciously or unconsciously, reminds you that the people that are in this movie are performing mm-hmm. and are have have learned the songs and are performing the music and are really committed to the idea that these are extraordinarily talented people. Mm-hmm. And the fact that Lady Gaga is one of these people um, makes that a much more believable ride. You know, we had this sort of complaint, I think both of us, about La La Land, where we uh, where we said that that one of the things that was kind of frustrating about that film is that you felt that these should have been more extraordinary talented singers and dancers, right? You know what I mean. And and the thing that this movie gets so right from the opening scene is to say, hey, these guys are singing and performing. Mm-hmm. You know, there's this, there's a there's obviously as part of the Oscar push this sort of uh, sense that Bradley, you know, th- this this notion that is being flooded to the airways, which is that Bradley Cooper actually learned to sing, actually learned to play the guitar, actually learned to play the piano for this for this role. Right. Uh, which he hadn't done before. You know, he did, he wasn't yeah. talented in that way before. Um so I think there's an extraordinary thing where you are constantly reminded that these are Two fairly extraordinarily talented people, and that's what makes that ride compelling. Yes, um, as well as as the suggestion at the beginning of the film that I think is really uh, wonderful that that's enough. You know, we don't need to inject this with too much sort of major events. You know, like one of the the biggest events is a bar fight, but it seems to come and come and go just as quickly as it, as it was there. Yeah, and 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 that is enough to kind of make this story compelling. In in this movie has this really odd thing that I think great movies do which is that and and this uh, this is going to be a reference to a film i just rewatched but i rewatched did poet society um a few ah. weeks ago and i was thinking about it because did poet society itches itself into my brain as epic it feels like a bigger than life movie it feels every scene of it feels like like uh more mythic than than real and then when i watched it again i was like oh this is a really small intimate mm-hmm. movie but what a film like A Star Is Born does, which I really like in this genre, is that it even despite the the sense of um, despite you know some of the larger things that happen, this movie manages to elevate you know the minutiae of a relationship into the into the epic. It, sure. it, it makes it feel bigger than life. It makes it feel important. And I feel like that that is a reflection on this faith again that that Bradley Cooper has on the material and on the the star quality and performative qualities of his lead actress. Mm-hmm. So I I I kind of I was pretty delighted by that. Um this does there was a couple of things uh when this film began that that kind of I was like I was like you, I think you know. There's an era of familiarity to certain tren- tenets of this movie. Yeah. And the first one for me is alcoholic artist. You know, that's a that's a fairly well worn trope. We've seen it a million times before. We understand what it is. You know, even um, Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story, I think, is probably the parody of this. That's kind of worked the best. Sure. Um, and it's the sense that you know, like, oh, he, he's he's this brilliant artist, but he's tortured. He's gonna get into the back of a car and drink, you know, drink himself uh, to to sort of ease his demons. And I and I found that as soon as it began, I was like, mm, I don't know, this is gone. But there's a line in the film that I think echoes why this film works, and and I think it echoes why 
Bradley Cooper's onto something here. And the line in the film is, you've got to have something to say. It doesn't matter what, it doesn't matter uh, what you are. If you go out there and you tell the truth, you will be okay. And I think that's, that's the, the echo of the line that makes this film work because it does wear the line of things that we have seen before. Mm-hmm. Uh, we kind of know the trajectory of this film. Even the ending um, of this film, which I won't give away here, um, is something that if it just nudged itself in one direction or the other, to the left or to the right, it would be pretty trite. Yeah. But, but there's a sincerity to this whole film. There's a sincerity to, this whole, the, to, to everything that's on screen here that makes all of this land. Now, I'm, I know I'm being very vague about it because there is a major plot point yeah. that I want to talk about um, that, that I don't want to we'll give away. We'll get there. But, we'll get there. But, but on the whole... I found their courtship delightful. I found the way that the film expanded beyond the boundaries of that courtship into mm-hmm. like what the actual uh, real world ramifications are of this couple. Um, quite delightful and and interesting and intriguing. Um, I you know I guess towards the end of it, I felt like it does step into some territory that I've kind of seen before, and I wasn't really. Uh, on board for him again. I'm trying to be vague as possible. Sure, here. sure, sure. But, but I was still sold on this whole thing. I I found this uh, a very satisfying time in the movies. I found this a very um, uh, sincere, sincere form of storytelling. Um, and so that so on the whole, I you know, and, and if even if I'm not on board with something, when as long as it is sincere and there is conviction to it and it's executed well. I can't be a hater on that. You know, I can't I can't hate something that's done well, even if occasionally I'm not on board for some of the things the film does. You've I hated d- some not you okay, okay. Okay, give me an example. I mean, I hate it because I, I always go back to it and I'm not saying it is a it is a great film, but I yeah. think it's a competently done film. I'd say Jurassic World. Yeah, I don't like Jurassic World. I know you don't like I don't Jurassic think World. I don't think it's... I don't well, you think don't think it's, it's a film. No, I don't think it's executed very well at all. Oh, I think, I think, it's, I think executed it's executed really well enough. I think, it, I think it basically... I know we've talked about this before, yeah, yeah. but uh, it's it, 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 it can't even stand in the shadow of the original Jurassic Park. I think that's one of its problems, uh, but as a, it's just as a, as a thing that it was made to be, it was as honest as a cash grabby reboot of a series can be i think that's what it is and trying not to be that well i don't think it ever tried not to be that i think that's where i find the honesty right okay Okay. Again, I, you I, yeah, know, you're bringing up stuff. It's that, a different that's a whole to another. I know, and I'm terribly sorry. Yeah. Um, no, no, I get that. And you, you, you know, I feel like I, I too am in the the camp of sincerity, honesty to, with not only. Well, I guess it's the same thing. I was going to try to separate it. Honesty with your audience. Yeah. It's the message that uh, Bradley Cooper's character says in the thing, and it's a message that I feel like rings true, uh, in in any form of media. Right. Um. Music, film, television, video games, etc. Um, it's it. That's the stuff that sticks with you. Yeah. Um, speaking of sticking with you, mm-hmm. IMDb's description of it is just oh. going to rock your world. It's going to okay. be up for the uh, the the annals of history because there's the four of them. Did but you I'm say only going to annals of history. Yeah. The annals. Whatever. Annals? Yeah. Annals of history. The annals of history. Yeah. Why not? Uh, a musician I'll helps a young <laughs> singer and actress find fame even as age and alcoholism sends his own career into a downward spiral. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about I think I think we should do a thing here, which is oh. we should say if you haven't seen this movie at this point, we are gonna get into spoilers because oh, you just impo- want to jump in. Yeah, well, it's impossible to discuss everything we want to discuss with this film 
at this point, right? Okay. Like we can't we can't do that. This is the earliest we've jumped into spoilers in a while. I, hear- I mean, is there anything we can discuss without doing spoilers? Well, uh, I have one other thing. Okay. Uh, who knew Andrew Dice Clay could act like this? Uh, Woody, he, Woody Allen knew that. He's been in Woody Allen. Has film. he? Yeah, Blue, oh. I think he's in Blue Valentine. He gives a terrific performance. Oh, wow. I, I literally had no idea. I went full Owen Wilson right there, uh, <laughs> and uh, I did not know. Yeah. And he plays uh, the, uh, you know, Allie's father uh, quite quite brilliantly. Yeah. Um, uh, what, uh, here, and I have one other thing I can talk about that I think d- is, is not spoilery. Okay. And I guess it's another gripe I have with it, now that I'm sort of thinking about it from a structural perspective. The pacing of the first act really does work yeah and then i feel like after they sort of montage a little bit of like the success story of it the 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 scene the the shot to shot editing works for me yeah the scene to scene editing or the length of specific actual scenes or like points in time or like the second act felt like it was kind of unbalanced now granted it could be because they're trying to sort of keep you in the whirlwind of what fame can be, and you don't quite always know how much time you'll have in a place or who you'll be with. Like, like there was a little bit of like everything felt a little bit like you know we were there a little too long for a scene or a little too can quick you give for me a, a specific scene. example because so we're sure. spoilers now. Sure, sure, sure. Um, the transitional point, and again, because it was so many, so much back and forth, because uh, you know, um, Jackson uh, Bradley Cooper's character falls off the wagon quite a bit. Yeah. But he's and off the wagon at the beginning of the movie. He's off the wagon at the beginning, and then he's on, and then he's off, and then he's on, and then he's is off. Is he ever on the wagon up until the the, the finale? Yes. I, um. He well, he, he, he does not go to rehab every time. But he's, for instance, right after when he first gets um Ali up on stage with him, he uh for the for the remainder of what I assume to be, and again, this is why I didn't quite know, and it felt a little off. Um, I would say the next. I don't know, two or three months left on whatever tour he was on that Ali came with. Mm-hmm. Um, he it, it was very clear he wasn't drinking, and what? then and then as soon as, for instance, the uh, the the agent got a hold of Ali, uh, like really a hold, and like started her career moving, he started drinking again. Yeah, and that that made complete sense. To no, me. no, no. And I'm not saying it doesn't make sense. Yeah. I said the the pacing of various things. Like for instance, I think it might be the second or the third time he falls off the wagon. Uh, is when he wakes up when when instantly he's like he was gonna, he was supposed to go to Ali's first show but then didn't and the way that was cut together was pretty quick with him just ending up in the bushes like you saw him at a corporate event but then nothing you didn't quite know what that was and the intercut between that to the point of where they were at the bushes like again it was never enough to be like I'm confused at what's going on but it was it was two or three moments like that in the film where I noticed the editing the rest of the time I didn't because I think it was very very solid. Okay. Um, and, and I think the montages were cut together very well as well. It's just like the the moments where they were skipping a little bit of time in specific uh, moments, such as the, the you know the, the the corporate gig I was just describing and her first performance, um, her first solo performance. Okay. Into the bushes, it just it knocked me out, and I was like, oh, I was like, it just it, again. Whenever I whenever I stop paying attention to the story and I kind of remember I'm in the theater, I'll always mark that. Okay. Down. I, 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 I guess I disagree. I, I don't have any counterpoint to it other than it worked for me. Yeah, yeah. It didn't have yeah. to. It didn't. It didn't knock you out. That's fine. Uh, and yeah, I'm glad it didn't. It yeah. just, you know, um, again, I, I, I. Whenever discussing a film that I actually really enjoy, I do want to always, uh, you know, things that I did notice while watching. Just because I truly enjoyed it doesn't mean there weren't things that, uh, 
you know that uh have worked better for me in other films i guess it's, again it's not a it's not a it's not a blight or anything it's just a thing i noticed but enough for you to bring it up sure yeah <laughs> i mean because again I'm, I'm not going to call something like i would never say the editing in this film is perfect i will say the editing of the trailer is perfect okay. but that's a lot shorter but do you so. think the editing of the film is bad no i think it's overall good with moments that actually do remind you that you're watching a movie okay i yeah okay <laughs> things don't have to be amazing all the way or terrible all the way they can I'm, have I'm not saying that I, I think I'm saying uh okay no I'm not, I'm not sure I'm not sure why bring it up if it wasn't jarring it was jarring it was jarring to me I okay. understand that okay. it might not be jarring to other people it might yeah. not be jarring to you uh it was just uh the the I, I'm always a I'm always a fan of discussing the different types of edit pacing when it comes between. I mean, we've talked about it with Drive. We talked about yeah. it with a bunch of shit. Yeah. Uh, between editing for between scenes, mm -hmm. uh, especially scenes that are just in disparate locations that are playing out at the same time, versus um, actual shot to shot within a scene. Right. Uh, and I just noticed that sometimes, especially in the second act, uh, it when things were up and down a lot, uh, okay. that's where it was for me. Okay. Um, but we can talk about we can talk about spoilers now. I'm sorry. I was just trying to I was trying to pat us out with another thing I noticed. I'm sorry it doesn't interest you, Shahir. No, it's not. It's not that it doesn't interest me. I I haven't seen <laughs> I haven't seen a compelling reason to dive into that at this point. And I guess that's that's what I that's my response to that. Like it, there, there's not. I guess what I'm saying is the editing. I didn't notice. To me, the editing was very solid, and there was nothing in it that jarred me. And if it was to you. It was the time jumps. Is that right? It was the way it handled. Uh, a lot of times, I feel like it was. Were you confused by? No, never. Okay. No. W w it was okay. effective in, in telling me the story, but the pace at which the story was told to me in specific moments like that, that's the one that's sort of jumping out to me right now, but I do feel like I had that feeling at, at least another time, and I'll try to remember as we talk about it. I think the other time would be when he's in rehab and he wakes and he's out, he jumps out of the pool or something like that, maybe, right? Uh, maybe. I, I don't... What we, I, as we get I, through stuff. I guess, you know, I quite liked that moment. Um, it's, the thing I liked about that moment was this idea that he says at the beginning of that, uh, of that entire sort of sequence is that I have to do this sort of corporate gig, sort of soul-crushing, but, you know, I've come to terms with it. And we see him at the corporate gig, you know, smash a, a pill with mm -hmm. his boot, snort up uh, what happens to be a pill. The gag is he walks out and it's a, pharmalog a pharmacological conference or something like that. Pharmaceutical. Yeah. 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 And, um, and then we don't, I mean, to me, I don't really need to see him like fail at that. I just like the idea that he wakes up in this person's house. It was really between the moment of her, like beginning of her performance or sort of the end. And like, to be honest, I don't even remember if it was the beginning or the end of her performance and him just in a bush. Yeah. With a character. Uh, I guess I kind of like that idea that he just winds up in places. You know, he, like he at the beginning up, of the film, he wound up in a bar, you know, like uh, in a drag bar. Well, he was driven there by a person that was Right, but he probably would have. Being, he would have gone to this bush somehow. Like, did we need to see the whole story of that? I guess is what I'm saying. I'm not saying that. I'm <laughs> saying the, the 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 smashing together of th let's say three locations. Yeah, reminded me uh, uh, of a slightly not quite paced out smashing together of three scenes, and I was like, oh, weird editing choice there. Okay, and I moved on. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Go spoil stuff now. I don't know what you you made it weird. I I no. I just okay. All right. No. No. Cool. Um. So the thing that I think 
the 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 topic that I think I want to get into here is this notion of uh, a of suicide. Obviously, uh, Bradley Cooper's played. Um, he he actually played uh, a character. Uh, called Jack Bourdain, I believe. Um, yeah, Jack Bourdain in a in a show called Kitchen Confidential, mm. and obviously Anthony Bourdain recently committed suicide. Um, and there was echo to me, and, and I guess I've just had this interesting experience, which is that I've been watching a lot of um, uh, of uh, no. What, what's Anthony Bourdain's show? It's uh, No Reservations. No. Yeah. Yeah. Was that what it was called on CNN? Ah, anyway, I've been watching a lot of it on on Netflix recently. Mm-hmm. It's all it's all entirely on Netflix, and I think I've been watching it with this sort of thought that you know, like watching it with the sense of when did this when are the cracks showing in this character in this person I'm whom I really really like, um, and the thing that I think is tricky about doing that in a film, doing that as the actor doing it, and doing it in a film that this actor has directed, is that it can feel very self-serving as a performative emotional conduit to the audience you know it's like it's creating empathy to uh or it's 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 sort of emotional manipulation to an audience especially it can also feel for an actor who's directing themselves in this particular scene who's going to commit suicide to kind of feel i guess the word is you know like you said yourself a little familiar and and potentially a little trite uh potentially a little bit like um yeah, you know, we're we're sort of going for our moment in the movie, and I think there's a the 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 thing that's that's interesting that I like about this film is that there's a sincerity to the way that's played, and I understood the moment at which he made that decision. I think everyone in the audience understood the moment, uh, and we understood it was coming, even though there's sort of a build up to mm-hmm. it, like for about five minutes of him just sort of going through routines. But we we knew that he'd kind of made that decision at that point, and we were just kind of on the edge of well, I was on the edge of my seat kind of thing is there something that's going to happen at this moment that is going to make him not do this mm-hmm. um so i really like that sort of trajectory and i think the thing that's very difficult though and and again rewatching did poet society which also features a major character suicide is is how the film deals with the aftermath of that suicide and and whether the film you know kind of treats the suicide as the ultimate act of artistic um, uh, artistic is- isolation, which you could argue if this film kind of ended at the wrong beat, it would feel like that. Like, you don't want the film to celebrate his suicide or to celebrate his character. You want it to celebrate... Um, the the people who move on from that from that moment, mm-hmm. and I think there's a th- what this film does is a very tricky is, is kind of does a very fine balancing act of making sure that we don't really kind of see that moment as self serving for the movie, and I think that's what's what's successful about it. Now, I you know again it's well worn familiar kind of ground, but done with sincerity that I really like. Um, there's a you know we even get to see I think before that. Uh, a build-up to that moment of him basically asking for forgiveness from all these characters and then realizing at some point that there isn't a lot left for him. Even though he's sort of wrong about that, um, making that decision that there isn't a lot left for him or, or that that his capacity to deal with what's left after fading away from the spotlight isn't as strong as it needs to be in order to keep to stay alive. Now, I don't, you know, obviously don't agree with with the, his decision to commit suicide or anything like that, not endorsing it or anything like that. But it's an interesting point. And then the film kind of ends with this idea that 
the star is born at the very, very end of the film. Like she is, she comes fully into her own as not just the kind of superficial artist that that uh, he thinks she was be- being, you know, during the middle section of the film, as she kind of becomes this personality of Ali, mm-hmm. but but fully becomes an artist by the end of the film because she she not only has the stage presence and charisma that that she kind of was trying to find at the beginning of the movie and trying to find her voice, but she also has something to say by the end of the film. And that's, that's what I think kind of works about the suicide in this movie. I don't know. What do you think about that? Um, it's kind of loaded. Uh, I agree with the sentiment that oftentimes in film and in stories like this, moments do, do feel trite. Um, manipulative i think you can only call well i think i tend to only call something manipulative i guess it is i don't know when it doesn't work yeah like when you're when you catch it yeah. i guess um but if you really want to break it down i mean all film all art is manipulative it's just a matter of whether or not you sort of realize how and when you are being manipulated that you can kind of call that out mm-hmm. um i think um knowing uh knowing a person uh who uh, has has uh I, I won't go into detail but who has taken their own life um the and again every story obviously is entirely different but the 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 way that the buildup and and the way that Bradley Cooper sort of plays those last moments. While yes, if you take it out of context and you're like, it's as a director, he's also playing a rock star who's had a troubled past and yada yada yada. Uh, you know, if you look at it from the production standpoint, I could see the eye roll making sense. I I think he tre- he he did. Uh, an absolute phenomenal job that transcends this the skepticism that I would have had just coming at it from a production background. Um, and I think I think the the film honestly, you know, really resonates with that moment and 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 it it's the sort of perfect, terrible uh, cacophony of what's going on the rest is sort of um you know the the one might even say the the second beginning of of Ali's career yeah um if i wanted to well and again while i think bradley cooper's performance is 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 amazing in that regard i will say that for whatever reason the guy who plays ali's agent <laughs> Um, he was fine. He was never yeah. bad, but the Rafi wa- Gavron. I'm the, like reading off IMDb. Yeah, the one, the one moment of non-believability in this film for me was, and 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 maybe upon a second viewing, I might take this back. But initially watching it, I was like, this speech from this guy is going to be the thing that starts you down this path. Like I know the path was already started. Yeah. But something about the way that was delivered, and I, it almost felt like it was delivered. I don't, I don't know, like it was so matter of fact. I mean, he 
this isn't from a trusted confidant or someone like he actually believes. He's never believed a thing this guy has ever said, and now all I don't this. Think he's had much interaction with him in the movie, right? Well, he, let's let's let me rephrase. He's never believed in anything this guy has professionally done. He thinks he's treating Allie and her career wrong, whether or not he is or not. Yeah, Bradley Cooper's character believes that he is. He's yeah. not doing it correctly. So all of a sudden, he's going to start taking what he says as gospel. Now, granted, maybe this is the first thing that's actually true that's coming out of the dude's mouth. If, if you think that, it, it, I could see where a character might do that. There was just something with the, every interaction, and they were minimal, but he kind of brushed this dude off before. Yeah. And now this is the catalyst guy, um, w- was a little off-putting. But then the second that, like, you, you kind of know that the decision is made, I mean, fuck, the, there's a moment where he cooks his dog a steak, and that was probably the, the part where I came the closest to tearing up. Mm-hmm. Um. So I, I think, and again, I was glad that I didn't, uh, that I hadn't seen the other films because right. I, I, again, while this did not shock me in a in a narrative sense, uh, I didn't know because the thing could go either way, and it would have been a story I'd seen before. He he could have uh, you know continued on, or he could have you know ended things. Um, so I didn't quite know where it was going to go, and I actually you know to give credit to the editing at that point of the film, uh. It was a very sort of up until the end. Even though, if you you know, if this if you were looking at a real person, you kind of already know your answer. But the the way the film is playing those moments is very like: is he gonna do it, or is he gonna go to the show? Is he gonna do it, or is he gonna go to the show? To a point, and uh... I guess I you know the thing for me there was that. Yeah, I agree with you in that that Rafi's performance there, he, he kind of comes the closest to being the villain of the film. You know, like he comes the closest to being the bad guy. Yeah. Um, and it is kind of a bad guy speech. He's basically, because what Rafi's doing there is essentially, his, his character's his name is Riv, I think. Yeah. Uh, is he's basically saying, hey, uh, you your relationship with my client is toxic to my client. Yeah. And therefore... I'm, you know, what he's trying to do there is basically get him to leave her. Yeah. And he doesn't quite understand the depth at which the, exactly. the, the addiction will, you know, like the, the ripple that this will cause and how deep the, the kind of affection or the, the need that, um, uh, um, Jack, you know, Jack's love for her mm-hmm. will kind of, is, is a part of his life and how much it's kind of saving him from, from his worst self. Yeah. Um, so he doesn't realize it, but, but to me, the thing there that works there is that we've a we've 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 kind of established this idea that um that uh J- jake or jack sorry has 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 tried this before he, he talks about you know trying commit, when he was 13 yeah. commit, trying to commit suicide when he was 13 but couldn't do it you know and and being ignored by his drunk father when it happened mm-hmm. um and then this idea that that he feels so the thing i thought i found really odd was the and I found this really touching is that in rehab, when um, when Allie comes to visit him, he he doesn't ask for forgiveness for being a jackass because he was, and he doesn't ask for forgiveness for um, uh, for being drunk. He asks for forgiveness for for embarrassing her, and he's he's this you know like he the you know to to that point that you made earlier is that the power dynamic in the beginning is slightly unnerving and you're watching it in this sort of you know 2018 context of me too and you're kind of right. going what is the power dynamic at play here is it any point is he going to do anything that is sort of um uh, too untoward uh, untoward towards her <laughs> and then um i think the thing that was quite striking about that scene is that he says i'm sorry i i, I you know 
I can't believe I embarrassed you this much. You know, like he realizes how much of the hurt right. he's caused her. It wasn't that he embarrassed himself. He hasn't got this narcissism about him where it's about him. It's about her. Yeah. And and I think, you know, like he what's kind of wonderful about this character is that he has this genuine belief in the idea of the power of what he does. And it and it it extends to he believes that he can when he finds Allie that he can extend that power for her, not to her. He's not grant bestowing her with his power. He just sees that she has that same ability and he wants to guide her to be the right kind of artist. And I think, you know, the thing you're talking about is that he sees that she's going to be a pop star, you know, like she's going to, you know, I think the song he mentions is, you know, shaking that ass or something like that. Ass in those jeans or ass something. Ass in those jeans, yeah, whatever it is. And he's like, you know, I think I failed you, you know, because I, I, I don't think you should be this person. I think you are capable of so much more. And what's sort of wonderful about the film is the through line through the film is is sticking true to that artistic form. And his death isn't a reflection on his like true artistic nature and his sorrow no. and everything. It's a reflection on her finding that place in herself because of him. Uh, and I think that's why it's it's a it's a very delicate line. It's a very fine line. And here's just this is this is going to jump outside the movie for a second. Mm-hmm. But here's what I think is going to happen to this movie. While I think this is going to get the early Oscar buzz, it's going to get a big push over over time. I feel like this is a movie that's going to get a lot of think pieces written about it in reference to the suicide and the sort of. I think the the cynics among us uh, critics will will look will kind of take a cynical tone uh, at this film over time, especially between now and February, uh, when the Oscars plays out. I think I think this film will eventually generate some negative buzz in the same way that uh, La La Land did over time. You know, La La Land was the hot favorite coming in, and then over time, people kind of cooled to it and got very cynical about this sort of white jazz savior thing. And I think this film. I just feel like, and this is speculation at this point, we'll see how it plays out. I could be entirely wrong about mm-hmm. this. Will that that slightly cynical tone will come through eventually between now and the Oscar period, which will either hurt it, uh, and and this will be the last of it, or it'll just power through that. Um, I think it'll come. I think it'll power through it. Really? Um, because what this film does, and I know we're just sort of comparing it to La La Land. La La Land is a true musical. Mm. This is a film b- created around music. Yeah. Um, and La La Land, one, okay, Star is Born. Yeah. One thing you could never say about it, I think we've kind of touched on it, but I'm just going to sort of reformat it in a sentence. You could never say it's not, it, it, you could never say it's being disingenuous. No, it's it's completely authentic. Yes. Yeah. La La Land is not. Now, granted, not all musicals have to be. Right. Uh, a musical is obviously a um, uh, a, a much more lifted up or excitable version of reality when emotions spill over that songs begin. Yeah, it's heightened. Um, yeah, it's 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 hyper realism yeah. or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, but even under that, for La La Land, there is a bit of disingenuousness <laughs> based around the topic matter at hand and how it is handled in this specific narrative where this, where star is born doesn't have that particular fault. Yeah. And so while I a hundred percent agree with you that there will be a million think pieces because yeah, of course it's, it's a film about suicide. We're in an era where suicide is on the mind. Yeah. You know? uh, and, and you could even take it from a, um, of a perspective. I bet you there'll be some think pieces about like, 
you know, and I don't even know, you know, where I would stand on this in a general sense. But like, he keeps saying that he knows how his how her career would be best, or how she not even her career, but how she would be best. And then it's like, well, who's to say that he knows what she knows, like what she wants, what what is best for her? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's an interesting topic to discuss in depth here because because. The entire thing, and and apparently, and this is just what I've read in my uh, very brief uh, sort of research before we started discussing this, but after we saw the movie, was in a lot of the other versions of this, it was a very sort of like back and forth, like very 50-50 agency of the story was sort of on the both of them. Mm -hmm. And this one is distinctively, as far as um, background, basically, I would say it's more like 70-30 Bradley Cooper, Lady Gaga. How do, you, how do you, how do you so for instance, that for we me. literally know a ton about his growing up. He had an alcoholic father. He tried to kill himself when he was thirteen. He has a brother who basically raised him after his father died. We know his mother his his mother died in childbirth. His brothers from another mother. Um, they had a ranch. The ranch was so like we learn a ton of backstory. Mm-hmm. What do we know about Allie? She has a father who embarrasses her in front of her friends. She lives in Jersey. Uh, I think this is all L.A. Is it L.A.? Okay, because yeah, that drive to Arizona would not be oh, yeah. pleasant D- from Jersey. Touche. Yeah. Um, it just felt very Jersey. Yeah. Um, that might be Andrew Dice Clay. Doing yeah, that yeah, for yeah, you. yeah. Um, but and and she worked as a as a as a waitress who yeah. sang at a, a club next door. Yeah. Um, and and but like we don't know. And not, I'm not. And listen, I'm not saying that we have to. I think the story is effective in the way it is. But so you have this character that yeah. has more agency than this other character who then is constantly telling this secondary character what is best for them. Now, the interesting thing about that is none of us know what is best for any of us for the most I mean, you could be like, hey, 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 alcoholic guy, maybe you shouldn't be telling me how to live my life. <laughs> but at the same time, like, we all do, and I'm guilty of this, we, we host a review show. Yeah. We host a movie discussion podcast. We are constantly putting our own, uh, like, onus on to other people's art. art. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so when, when I say this, it is it is coming from a place of, of, of deep understanding of the actual... Um, hypocrisy that I'm kind of saying right now, but no one quite knows better than anybody else when it comes to how they should handle an artistic endeavor. You could, you could, you could numerically calculate it. You could see how many people just a show of hands who liked something, who didn't like something, but that doesn't really change the weight of how it affects an individual person. So sort of swinging it back. And again, you're right. This is something that's interesting to discuss. I don't know in, in the moment of the film, and this is why I'd probably lean on the fact that in the narrative of it, I I don't mind it. In the moments of the film, it felt so genuine that it didn't even really matter if it was correct or not for Bradley Cooper to be making these suggestions or her agent to be making these suggestions. It felt real enough where even if they weren't supposed to be doing that, that's what people do. Yeah, and also he is the more experienced person in this scenario. He's done this a thousand times. And I've never felt like, and I think one of the things that makes it work as well is you never feel like he's manipulating her. No. Even when it's clear that one of the triggers for him is the notion that she is about to get her own stardom. You know, like that is yeah. that is a that is a clear trigger that he's about to lose her, and he knows it, and then that's when his alcoholism becomes even worse, and it and crescendos with the Grammy Awards. There's actually a really nice moment because what I liked about this, what what made this movie feel very real, mm. is even in moments of catharsis or in moments of extreme stress or emotional um, abuse to oneself, even on occasion, 
there's still actual like no very few moments in in real life have a full pure like uh incredible depression with not even a two percent moment of levity but a lot of times in film like everything is super dark and then things get better like in this there's a moment that really like i liked that it kind of gave a little drop of the opposite of what was going on it did it a lot but one of the specific moments was in the rehab when she goes and visits him and she goes oh look what i found like they're kind of how do you have that cry moment or whatever it is or maybe it's before that and she puts down the thing and finds the song that he was beginning to write for and she goes oh were you hiding love songs on me they'd already gotten to a very sweet cathartic place you thought it was an upswing yeah and he says something that sounds just like some fucking asshole thing I would say in an argument with a significant other. Like, just like getting a weird small dig in when I had no right to get a dig in. And he says something where he's like, Oh, yeah, I, 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 I purpose, I wasn't hiding it. I just wanted to put it there for when you found yourself. Right. Yeah. And that's literally saying to her in a backhanded way, Yeah. You're not, I know who you are. You're not. You haven't been acting like who I think or who I say you sort of are. And she she notices it. That in credit to Lady Gaga in this moment too, she takes it, she plays it. She's the bigger person in the moment, and she continues down the road of why she brought it to him and why it was special. She is the larger person in the relationship, realizing he's in rehab and still going through a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, th- there's moments like that in both moments of happiness and sadness that drip the other in there that feels very real to me. Yeah, it's I mean like for example the the the, the it's a clear trigger moment but it's not never played as a trigger moment is when he she speaks to the agent uh, and then, yeah. and then she mentions it to Bradley Cooper, and that's when he kind of like tells everyone to leave, and he like squishes this pie in her face yeah. or something like that. Uh, and she says, "You're so jealous." And it's like it's clearly he is. You know, she recognizes that this is a this is kind of a moment of crisis for him. Yeah. And you know, she even he even looks at her sideways uh, as she's telling him, you know, my a- this agent thinks I can do so much and can release this album, yada yada yada. Um, and but but the film never like makes it. An explicit moment. It kind of yes. lets it lets it absorb it between the two characters. And you're right. The the character interactions are really wonderful. I think the other thing that makes this feel authentic, and it's a really smart piece of casting, a kind uh, of which that we uh, wished was in La La Land. Mm-hmm was that it's Lady Gaga playing this. Lady Gaga, who isn't... Like, I'll be straight up. As a musician, I'm not a big fan of. I, I, I love I'm Lady really Gaga. not a big... I, I, I you know, look, uh, I think she's wonderful in this film, mm-hmm. and I think she plays her persona wonderful, but I'm not a fan of her music. Oh, really? Yeah, really not. Except for one track. Okay. And that was Born This Way. Okay. I, I really like Born This Way, and I guess it was probably because she used a Vertigo sam- uh, a sample from Alfred Hitchcock's Vertigo and that, and I was like, ooh, what is she doing? But I found like the kind of poker face pop songs. I was like... I've loved I, every phase of her. Even... even I See, I, I don't... Generally, I don't like that model of pop, mm-hmm. um, but I can even recognize, like, for example, Taylor Swift, who's, I think, a, arguably possibly a lesser artist than Lady Gaga or a lesser... I don't think that's even arguable. A lesser kind of pop culture figure than than Lady... But I always think that I get it with Taylor Swift. You know, like I, I listen to Taylor Swift's music and I go, okay, even if it's not my thing, I totally get it. Whereas with Lady Gaga, I've never, I've just never been there. I've tried to be there many times. Uh, my wife loves Lady Gaga. I really have listened to a lot of Lady Gaga, and I'm like, I this ain't just not me. Lady Gaga is probably my favorite contemporary pop artist. Really? Yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, first first album, I listened to Monster, and I listened to like uh, a t- uh, there's one about I think it might actually be a Monster where it's about eating hearts and shit, and I was yeah. just like, Jesus Christ, yeah. like because she. 
something that I think she brings to this character and the character of Allie and the thing is like her. Well, Allie's pop songs are, are purposely kind of yeah. shitty pop songs. Yeah. Lady Gaga's pop songs like say shit, but they're still to the but they're still to a good hook and a beat and right. things like that. Well, you don't often get that in that in that caliber of pop, especially back then. And these days, um, you know, she she's done so, so much other stuff. Like, what, did she do like Christmas album with Barry Manilow and some shit? Yeah, she, like, did, a, she did a Muppet special. She is well. a she Muppet special. Look, I but, I love everything that she chooses to do. So I've I've every sort of iteration of Gaga musically, I have been on board for. So, but uh, my point there is that I think we we we're always constantly recognizing that Lady Gaga has struggled with this question of authenticity versus you know selling hits and selling records and you know being a pop star we recognize that this is something that she has probably dealt with so in a way you know like that old adage you know casting uh, 90% of directing a movie is casting the movie sure. well the 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 casting of of Lady Gaga in this movie does so much work for you in that question that you're asking of like you know, like being authentic to oneself versus being a pop star and being sort of a, a hollow pop star. And, you know, and, and, and I think the cynicism in this film that will find its way to the surface is this idea that like, who the fuck is, who the fuck is J Jackson to say this to her when she is finding her identity? Like Jackson probably is a guy who's written tracks that are just there. You know, he even sells his souls at pharmacy conferences. Yeah. You know, like who the fuck is this guy to give this kind of advice to someone who's just starting out? You know, they've got to find their own way. They've got to, you know, basically have these moments themselves. And he is presuming that he knows more than her about this. Again, he might. He feels real because he's hypocritical. I'm yeah. not saying his 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 knowledge about the craft is wrong. It's gone. It he knows a lot based on his own career. Yeah. But he's also drinking real hard and fucking getting high as a goddamn kite and passing out in, in bushes after he goes to a pharmaceutical convention he booked. Because he I, I think there's a there's a great self-recognition of his character realizing that his time is up, and maybe he doesn't want her to 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 follow his trajectory, and yeah. that's why he's doing this. Yeah. Um. I, again, I don't ever think that his telling her what how she should be seen as a artist <laughs> is ever in a malicious way. In yeah. fact, I would even argue it's it's not like you said. He never tries to manipulate her. Yeah. I think here's the deal. <laughs> I, I I think I figured it out for me personally. Okay. Uh, I after talking it through, I don't think that you can actually hold water to the argument like who is this guy telling her what to do? Because uh, because uh, let me uh, uh, okay uh, because he never he actually never pushes it in a sense like he tells her what he thinks she should do and it feels very i mean we've all you know in relationships or even even in uh just just regular working relationships we tell our coworkers what we think they should do what they shouldn't do etc this felt more along granted you're in a relationship relationship so it's a little bit different this felt more like he made his suggestion did he ever did he sometimes say it not in the best way yeah 100% we all do that yeah but he never like he never uh, he, then she chose to do what she wanted to do and and that was sort of that and he even the, even though he didn't like it and didn't make correct life choices based around it yeah. he never was like you know well fuck you I'm leaving or this he, ne he never like exploded at her about her career except for the, the kind the, of the, the, bathtub, the, the scene. bathtub scene yeah um so so while you can get into the 
the higher conversation of who who has a right to tell anybody who their authentic self is. Yeah. His portrayal of that never got to a, a point of, I guess what I would call toxicity about that in the relationship outside of one explosive moment that I feel like everyone in, in relationships can be guilty of. I would describe the, the I was thinking about this as I was watching the movie. He is the he is the greatest Cameron Crowe character that Cameron Crowe never created. <laughs> and this is this is probably the best Cameron Crowe movie that Cameron Crowe has never Ever Cameron Crowe, but yeah. he didn't. And Bradley Cooper has been in a Cameron Crowe movie, uh, sort of laughably uh, the movie Aloha. Um, but but this is a this is a sort of and what what's great about early Cameron Crowe, you know, things like uh, Jerry Maguire, Almost Famous, um, you know, that those kinds of films before the Vanilla Sky kind of period. Sure. Is the sense of authenticity, the sense of sincerity, the sense that yeah, we're dealing with pop stars, we're dealing with you know teenage angst, we're dealing with with sort of superficial, you know, arguably superficial things, but we're going to treat them with the utmost sincerity, and mm. they are big. And I think that you know, to 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 sort of my earlier point, which is that it makes the minutia feel epic, yeah, and it makes the minutia feel grand and worthy of being seen in cinemascope and big sound and kind of feeling that a love story of this caliber can be mythic. And, yeah. and I and I think that really works. And I think, you know, but I do believe that there there will be cynical people. Oh well, and yeah. maybe and maybe, you know, again, two guys, you know, sitting in a room talking about this, maybe arguably correctly pointing out the hypocrisy in his character and the kind of and maybe suggesting that the the suicide is self-serving in some way or the you know part of the tortured artist motif that we kind of presume we've seen. I and I, you know again yeah, I don't I'm really, not, yeah. I'm not willing to rule that out because I, I think this is a film that d just really delicately dances that line. Mm -hmm. For me, the film is so authentic, is so well, you know, well cast that it, it never does. And, you know, like, for example, and as you say, in the bit plays, you know, like two very, very famous, well-known comedians who have kind of made those trajectory, you know, the, that kind of uh, reinvented trajectory themselves, Dave Chappelle and Andrew Dice Clay in this movie, kind of being in this film, talking about moving on from the moments and that you know like i i follow dave Chappelle quite you know quite yeah. vehemently i watch all of his comedy specials and that's something that's actually very authentic to his life mm -hmm. so it makes sense in this movie for him to be that character and to talk about you know like he he, he almost sort of says the ulysses journey which is like yeah. we were on a journey to to one place and you stopped off you liked where it was so much so that you forgot the original place that you were going this idea of settling down and getting married and being at one and, and that is what causes him to get married um I think I think that's just the 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 part of me that is not cynical, the optimist side of me, says that that works. I'm not willing to rule out the the you know people who will watch this and 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 will be not necessarily cynical, maybe accurately suggesting that this is a movie that might be out of step with where we are as a culture. I don't I don't see that that is a problem. That might be the case. Um, and I think I think as an awards push. There's a the problem is you're leaving just enough gap for that to happen <laughs> yeah. to lose favor with the Oscars if that's what you know if that's what's going to happen. I mean, there's always going to be a counter push. I think this one's just going to be able to to catapult through it as far as like the public the public perception. And I'm not even talking about Oscar winners, losers, whatever. I'm just talking about the public perception of this film. I think will stand a much better will stand much better the test of time than say a La La Land. Remember, La La Land really came out of the gate swinging. And was really, real, and then it was just enough time passed where and then, where people became cynical. And about now it. who's talking about La La Land? 
we are. Yeah, we're talking about. Lana. But we're talking about that it's lesser than <laughs> yeah. than another thing. No, so I I look I um I really really enjoyed that that aspect of it. I think this is a very sincere, well made, well executed film uh, about this idea, and I think I think it 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 it's, it stays true to the singular notion, but interrogates it in a sort of interesting way about having something to say because mm-hmm. Jackson, you know. You know, spills from the you know, like basically shouts it from the rooftops in the way that Jackson does throughout the entire film. That that you have to have something to say. If you don't have something to say, you'll die out here. And and I think, you know, the film kind of really interrogates that idea because Jackson is an alcoholic. He is failing. He realizes that he has almost nothing to say. Uh, by the end of the film, you know, like he his music isn't fulfilling him in the way he wasn't and she was but now he's going to lose her and that is a that is a trigger for him that is a moment where he's going to realize where he realizes um, and I you know that 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 this this he has nothing left to offer her and and unfortunately the thing that I think if if this wasn't a movie, if this wasn't a story about the rise and fall of an yep. artist and and the rise and the creation of a star, um, you know the thing would be is that he has to find some other outlet for that creative voice, and he has to find some way to also take a backseat to Ali. And I think that will be the cynical part. Uh, that will be in uh, future the the part that is that that I think is validly cynical about this film, which is that his character in the real world, again, not in the movie, sure, but in the real world, needs to learn to take a backseat to her, and that's what he is seemingly incapable of doing. But it's more complex in my mind. It's more complicated, but that. But again. You know, I think straight it is, male kind of sure. guy watching this film. I, I maybe have a different viewpoint. I think it is a little more complicated than that. Um, just because it, well, it, it, and, and I'm not saying that it, this story would have to be. I think the way that it is played makes it more complicated than that. Uh, I, you know, he obviously didn't make the correct choice and the best sort of from a, from an outside uh, omniscient person looking in on this story. Yes, you're 100 percent right. The the best thing for everyone involved would for, for him to take a back seat, back her up and be with her supportively throughout the entire thing. Yeah. Um, but and again, as as I don't want to get too much into the weeds of it, but like in the mind of someone who is in that particular spot. Yeah. Um, it's not correct, but they think they're doing the, it, it, there's some part of them that says they're doing the best thing for the person they care about, even though that is a hundred percent not true. Yeah. So I don't think his, his death in this film never came off to me as I'm not as famous anymore. So I need to kill myself. Like it never came off to me as that it came off to me as, as he was like, I will do nothing at this point but drag this person I love down, which I think is intrinsically wrong, but he believed it. Hmm. So that- it's, it's going to be an interesting, I think it'll be an interesting comment because, because you know, like it's been a year of significant celebrity death yeah. and, and there's a lot of reporting around the idea of like t- how talking about suicide changes our, perce- you know, changes yeah. the rates of suicide mm-hmm. um, and whether this film works, you know, like because suicide is such a major factor in this film. Uh, that's that's kind of why I said we should jump into the spoilers of sure. it because um, suicide's obviously such a such a big part of this film. I do want to say this, and this is just because of the reporting on suicide as well. If you do, if you have those kinds of thoughts, or if if this conversation has in any way been triggering mm. for that, and I we should probably put a disclaimer about that at the beginning of the episode. Yep. Um, please, you know, like don't take our words as as any endorsement of the thought or anything like that. 
Uh, we are just discussing the movie in itself, and and you know if you do have those kinds of thoughts, please seek, please talk to somebody about it. Um, and actually, we should probably just in case maybe put a link in our description as well for and places people can get well, help a, with that. That's a tricky one. Yeah, because if we put a link in it, we're kind of giving a spoiler away to the film. You know what I mean? You know what I think because this movie's been made four times and that we're dealing with human life. I'm okay with it. Right. Okay. Uh, uh, interesting conversation. And, but it, and uh, also, uh, for instance, there can be triggering moments when even having moments where a character is almost doing this that it it's not. It. I think we're okay. Okay. All right. Well. Anyway. At, at any rate, so I think I think whether this film plays positively or negatively into the the conversation around the depiction of suicide, mm -hmm. the the way in which suicide represents an emotional state and is accurate or not, I think will be interesting to see how it plays As it out. Ages. Yeah, in the next in in the coming months. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, we've had this conversation around the Oscars as well whether, you know, the Oscars kind of solidifies or or yeah. appropriates a, a film. But regardless of all of that, I think it's a wonderfully cast it's a, it's a very smartly cast film. It's a very well-made film. Um, that that is abs that despite any cynicism you or I might have about it is so sincere and so authentic that regardless it feels true. Yeah, and I would say I don't think I mean I don't have any cynicism towards it. Right. Uh, I think it transcends that even notion. It it transcended it for me. I imagine it will transcend it for a lot of different people. And I think uh, you know it's it's at the end of the day. This movie wasn't something that I was – nothing unexpected sort of came from it other than the aspects of just a classic film tale told with an impeccable craft that made it yeah. absolutely not cynical, uh, which is an amazing transcendence of a, of a type of story like this. Yeah. So uh, if I if I want to end my thought at least on, on you know, uh, a, a, a reviewer zing, mm. this is the kind of Oscar bait that gets me hooked. Oh, Ding! Ding! Yeah, you've opened up a new conversation right at the second there about Oscar bait. I know. But, uh, we'll talk about it later. We have so much time to talk about it, Shahir. Uh, so this has been the only podcast about the film A Star is Born. A film that I am sure will be talked about uh, a lot between now and February. Uh, I agree. Hey. No. Hey. Shahir. Hey. Shahir. Hey. When you're not telling hey. me <laughs> to turn around so you can get one more look at me. Where can folks find you? Uh, you can find me looking at you? Yeah, you can. Uh, I always like watching you leave, Matt. Um, <laughs> at, at my website, www.shahirdowd.com. That's S-H-A-H-I-R-D-A-U-D.com. Matt, Yes. when you are not bringing up topics at the very end of a podcast to be discussed, where could people continue those conversations with you? Oh, on your website. Oh, well, you can uh, reach me at M-A-T-T-H-E-W-K-R-O-L.com for my life and works. Also, Skeletor, the number four, P-R-E-Z on Instagram or Emperor M-S-K on Twitter. And as always, you can check out me and the rest of the Extra Credits crew doing what we do over at Extra Credits at YouTube. Uh, I, we just recently are finishing up our Maja Pahit series. Um, also, um, you know, due to the, the earthquakes and the tsunami in the region, we have some, some links up there. If you want to help out in that regard, uh, it would be most appreciated. Um, also, well, we just did a, we just did an interesting thing on extra credits about um world of warcraft world of warcraft epidemiology mm -hmm. which is basically uh how a accidental bug in the game in like 2005 uh gave a bunch of low level players a plague 
and people acted in the game the way human beings <laughs> act in real life when a plague hits to the point where people have done like multiple studies on it because there's not a lot of data on that sort of thing. So we you can check that out. It's over there on the YouTube channel. Um, but yeah, you can find me all those places. But I think we should, but we should as we're going out, we should try to hit the ah uh, notes uh. together. Uh, so it, I, I ain't got no. Yeah, you uh, do. I got. I got. Here we I go. Hey. We'll see you next time in the deep end. Bye.